Welcome to the 7 Days to Amazing podcast, where you learn how to make your life, business, and style even more amazing in the next week. Now your host, Sharon Haver of FocusOnStyle.com, helping you live the life that others only dream about so you can be the best at being you. Well, hello, Sheiksters. I am Sharon Haver, and you are truly going to be amazed. I have a super special guest on today's episode of Seven Days to Amazing. Larry Wingett is one of the most iconic leaders in the personal development industry. He is a straight-talking guy with an incredible knack to keep things simple. He's a best-selling author, television personality, social commentator, and internationally acclaimed speaker. Larry has also written six New York Times, Wall Street Journal best-selling books that have been translated into over 20 languages. If you know, don't know them, let me read you some of the titles because they are a pip. Shut up, stop whining, and get a life. You're broke because you want to be. My favorite title, it's called Work for a Reason. People are idiots and I can prove it. Your kids, your own fault. And grow a pair. How to stop being a victim and take back your life, your business, and your sanity. His newest book, What's Wrong with Damn Near Everything? How the Collapse of Core Values is Destroying Us and How to Fix It, will be released on July 10th. Larry has also starred in his own television series on A&E, two PBS specials, and two CNBC specials. He's appeared on Dr. Phil, The Today Show, Tool Academy, The Big Idea, Larry King, and in three national television commercials. He is a regular contributor on many national television shows on the topics of success, business, personal finance, and parenting. I also think he should be talking about style because he's got a really amazing sense of style. <laughs> Hear that laugh? He's also a member of the Speaker Hall of Fame and is trademarked the Pitbull of Personal Development. I'm proud to say that Larry is also one of my business and speaking mentors and makes the best damn barbecue you have ever tasted. So folks, get ready for some straight-talking zingers from a man who doesn't mince words. Welcome, Larry Wingett. Let the life lessons begin. <laughs> Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Ah, uh, thank you, Larry. How you doing today? You know, I'm good. It's good to be Larry Wingett. It sure is good to be Larry Wingett, and it sure is good to have you here. So I always love the introduction so much because I can't wait to hear what I have to say after people say all those wonderful things. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, we could have said more because how many books have you written all together? Those are just your best sellers. Yeah, those are the best sellers. I've got three or four more, and then I've self-published 25 before I ever started selling books. So Yeah, so I kind of say that you have written more books than some people have teeth in their mouth. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> so I know a lot of things bother you, and you've been named the pit bull of personal development. So kind of tell me first, like, to know you is to love you. I mean, we could call you the the pussycat of personal development, but there's no unicorns, there's no glitter, there's no none of that, like, woo-woo stuff about you. So how did you become the pit bull of personal development? You know, I was your typical motivational kind of speaker way back, and uh, I just reached this point in my life where I just hated every single word that came out of my mouth. Uh, I didn't believe all that positive motivational crap that everyone was saying. I didn't believe 
that uh, positive attitude makes things better for you. I think you have to get negative about your life in order to create positive change in your life. Uh, I don't believe all that happy crap that people are talking about, and it just got to the point that I hated every word that came out of my mouth. And I went through a sort of a personal transformation where I said, I'm going to go on stage and say exactly what I want to say. And if they don't like it, fine. I'll go back to doing something else. But if they do like it, great, it'll work. But at least I'll be happy with it. And uh, next time I went on stage, a guy heckled me, and I turned on him and told him to shut up, stop whining, and get a life. And the crowd gave me a standing ovation. And I said, that's probably a pretty good line. And uh, I built my whole career pretty much around that sort of caustic line, shut up, stop whining, get alive. And I realized that what was wrong was not that people needed to hear all those positive messages. They needed to be told to get off their ass and go to work, take responsibility for their life. You know, everything that happens is your own damn fault. Quit whining, quit blaming and all that. And people really responded well. Yeah, I, and I, I agree. With, I don't know, maybe it's my Brooklyn roots. I kind of have this thing that, you know, especially having a house out west, that, that New Yorkers, real native New Yorkers, and kind of cowboys have a lot in common. And it's basically that we sort of tell it like it is. And I know one of the things that drives me totally up a wall, and you saw it's more common with women than with men, is that they just want everything to be so nice and airy fairy and sweet and pretty and and i was on facebook not that long ago and this woman i know who's she's um she's kind of a big deal and she put something up there and someone else answered her and then she went and i'm like reading it a couple times like are you five years old she went wah, wah, wah. i can't hear i can't hear too much negativity too much negativity and i was like whoa this is something that larry Wingate can really get his hands in <laughs> You know, when I look at all those Facebook things, I'm always looking for a kitty cat, a unicorn, a puppy dog, a rainbow. And pretty much you know if anything is written, any words are written across anything like that, or across a sunset or a sunrise, it's going to be total crap. <laughs> I know, I know. And I, it, it, it makes me completely nuts. And when you try to tell people that, you know, strong as a lion, you know, it's like, no, really, you should be strong as a bull. You know, it's like... When you try to tell someone, and with me, you can add on those little feminine, girly typefaces that you can't read, the little squiggly type, and it's usually in, <laughs> it's usually in turquoise or pink or like the colors of the sunrise or the colors of the sunset, but it's the typeface. Once I see that typeface, I start, you know, the bark that comes out. Well, that's but, why my stuff is always in black with white letters on it. I am black and white. Listen, you're either in the way or on the way. It's right or it's wrong. We've tried to get to this place in our society where everything is gray, where, oh, I don't know, possibly, could be, maybe, I don't know, what do you think? And we're afraid to have an opinion, we're afraid to stick up for ourselves, we're afraid to say what we really believe because we just might hurt somebody's feelings. Uh, and that's what's wrong, I think, with pretty much everything right now. We've, got, we've become, and I've got a chapter in my new book called The Butthurt States of America. We're looking <laughs> for an opportunity to be butthurt about everything. And butthurt, by the way, was added to the Oxford Dictionary this year. It's a state of being overly offended. And that's where we've gotten to. We're overly offended by everything. And when that happens in a society, what ends up happening is we become weak as people. We become weak in our language, weak in our conversation, weak in our belief systems, and that's what will ultimately destroy us. 
I, I totally agree. And when when you take it a step further to women, I think, and I find this, and I might get a lot of hate mail on this, but I know when I'm talking to a lot of people and they say they want to do all these great things and they say they want success and they say they want this, A, they don't want to do the work, and B, they're afraid of what that would look like for them. So there's sort of there's little, you know, hidden psychological mechanism is they don't want what they're saying. It's the same thing as you talking all that personal development crap on stage. They're wanting success. They want all the stuff, but they really don't. They don't want to, you know, they don't want to be the woman who breaks the glass ceiling. They want to be the woman who's kind of like the trophy wife because she's really pretty and stuff comes to her. And I find that so interesting. So how do you deal with a woman like that who, who really, you know, is afraid of herself? She's afraid of her own power and kind of buries it in all this, like, girliness. You know, personally, I don't worry about that, Sharon. I really don't. <laughs> I don't worry about the idiots in the world. I, I figured out a long time ago I have no impact on what somebody does. The best I can do is say what I believe, and if somebody wants to accept it, fine. If they don't, I'm going to let that be their problem. People change when they want to change, not when you want them to change. Mm -hmm. And so I've just stopped worrying about other people changing. I just kind of write them off. If they don't uh, uh, serve me well, and uh, believe me, that's a narrow list of people who do, I don't worry about them. I just walk away. That's one of the nice things about being my age is that you reach this point to say, I don't have time for your stupidity, and I'm not putting up with it. So I, and, and here's what I think you're making a mistake. You're assigning all that to women. Have you paid any attention? Men have become so incredibly weak. Men are just as bad. They don't want to say anything. They want it all to be sweet. They don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. They couch everything they say so nobody will get their feelings hurt, and they want it to be pretty and wonderful too. And so it's no different between men and women these days. We're just weak. Yeah, I, I think a lot of men are afraid of confrontation. They'd rather just say yes, 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 rather than, than having that argument or that heated discussion about what's right or what's wrong or what you believe in or what you don't. That's that's what's wrong with relationships. Tell us what's wrong with marriages. I, you know, I told a guy the other day, I was at a party thing, and this guy came up to me and his wife, and they were standing there talking to Rosemary and I, and, and he said, well, you know, we've been married 40 years, and we've never had a fight. And Ooh. I said, well, then you have a crappy marriage. And right. they, their jaws dropped. And right. they said, well, no, we don't. We have a wonderful marriage. I said, trust me, if you've never had a fight, you have a crappy marriage. Because neither one of you are willing to stand up to the other person, so you just put up with each other. How sad and boring that must be. My wife and I, we fight all the time. We love passionately. We fight passionately. It's what makes it fun. And so these people... That, that that's the same thing that happens in relationships. It happens with their kids. It happens with their boss. It happens with their employees. We just put up with mediocrity, and we get into this little safe place where there's no confrontation. Because for me to say what I truly believe, somebody might not like that. Yeah, just like this woman with wow, 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 you know. See no evil, hear no evil. So what do, you, what, do, what do you do with these people in this whole movement of everyone wanting to be positive all the time? Everything is positive, positive. Po I know there he's laughing because you can go for three hours on that. But, you know, really, the, we don't live in a very positive world. And, and I know that a lot of things bother you, and they bother you because you care. So what do you think about everyone who just only wants, only wants to see the good in everything? Well, I think that they're trying to hide their head in the sand and ignore it, believing that 
that old line that if you ignore it, it will go away, and it won't go away. You know, and that that's kind of the setup for what my new book is about, what's wrong with damn near everything. It is the collapse of core values. And the first time I told somebody, and I thought he was a trusted friend and had a brain in his head, and it turns out he didn't, <laughs> Uh, I told him I was going to write a book called What's Wrong with Damn Near Everything. He said, oh, Larry, why are you so negative? Why don't you write a book, What's Right with Darn Near Everything? And I said, well, who would want to read that? And besides that, if we know it's right, why are we bothering to talk about it? Let that go. The only way to fix a problem is to recognize you have a problem. Exactly. Yeah, so I... That's what my book became about. In fact, all of my books, everything that I've ever written comes down to what's pissing me off right now. And so what pissed me off when I wrote uh, Your Kids Are Your Own Fault was I thought if we could just get our parenting back to where it should be, we could learn to create adults who could be responsible, could look you in the eye, count change, say please and thank you, and we could change customer service, we could change leadership, we could change the financial problems that most millennials are dealing with right now and that boomers are still dealing with if we just got our parenting right. So I got pissed off about the situation in the world and said, just got to fix our parenting. When I wrote, uh, you're broke because you want to be, it's because I looked around and said, people don't have any money. And they're blaming the rich for that when the fact is half of our country spends more money than they earn. And so that's what pissed me off at the time. And this time, and then grow a pair was easy. I just looked around at everything <laughs> that you were just talking about saying, we've become the weakest bunch of wimpy whiners in the world, and somebody's got to tell people to figure out what you believe and stand up for it and quit worrying what anybody else thinks. But this book was about everything that I see going on in society, from safe zones on campuses to people cutting you off in traffic. It's a collapse of our core values. You know, when you look at the core values of society and you say, what do people really believe? If I walk up to people and say, do you believe in honesty? I don't know of anybody. If I just randomly walk to people up in the street and said, do you believe in honesty? Every person would say, well, of course I do. Do you really believe it? Yeah, absolutely. Well, have you ever called in sick when you weren't? You just wanted a day off? That's dishonest. 25% of Americans cheat on their taxes. If you believe in honesty as a core value, how did we end up with Hillary and Trump as our candidates? We don't really believe in honesty. Not enough to the fact that we're going to force people to be honest. We've got uh, half of America workforce spending two hours a day on their computers, on their personal stuff, instead of doing what they're paid mm -hmm. to do. That's dishonest. Mm -hmm. You look at all the dishonesty going on in the world, and we say we like honesty. It's what you said a minute ago. People say all this stuff, but they don't do anything. You know, it's like, do you, you want to stop world hunger? You bet I do. Wouldn't that be great? Well, when's the last time you wrote a check? Hey, excuse me, let me jump in for a second. We're sharing a lot of amazing things today, but you know, there's more. Hop on over to FocusOnStyle.com and be sure to subscribe to become a Focus on Style insider so that you can start to live the life that others only dream about. Not only will you get instant access to the Star Power Flash Kit curated to help you and your business get out there, but as an insider, you'll also receive exclusive bonuses, amazing content, and access to special events that Sharon only shares by email. So subscribe now at www.focusonstyle.com insiders. 
It's your time to be the best at being you. Thanks for letting me jump in. Back to the episode. Yeah, and, and one of the other things that bother, that I know bothers you, pisses you off just a tad, it's something that pisses me off is liars. So it's the opposite of what we were just saying. And I remember when we were once talking, and oh my God, every, this happens to me all the time. So we were talking about some kind of book promotion or something, and you were saying, yeah, and I tell someone to do it, and they said they're going to do it on a certain day, and if they don't do it, I call them the next day and say, you're a liar. You didn't yep. do it. And it's like, I, I have to admit, I'll say, you know, you're full of crap, but it's really hard for me to say you're a liar in with the same way that you say it. I may be thinking it, but it's something that's right. <laughs> uh, and then I'll do the same thing. I will cross them off. And there's one woman that we both know who, yes, yes, yes. And then you're a liar. And it's just like, ah. So how do you deal with someone like that? I mean, I know for me, it's just like, I'm not Larry Wingett. If I just say to someone, well, you're a liar, then it's, I don't know. It's one of the things that's the most difficult thing for me to say. And it's one of the first things I think about, but how does someone get around that? Cause people don't, I, I'm really big on integrity and deadlines and people don't live up to their word. What can you do if you're in a work situation and someone is promising you something and they don't do their end of the bargain? Well, I believe that we have to stress in advance. We have to communicate in advance. And this goes to parenting and leadership and and day-to-day activities. We have to communicate in advance what we expect, and we have to communicate in advance the consequences of either delivering it or not delivering it. Mm -hmm. I'm very clear when I tell anybody to do anything. This is what I expect you to do, and if you do it, this will happen, and if you don't do it, this will happen. Now, when in the workplace... We typically say something close to that, but again, we don't want to be too harsh because they might quit and sue us because we're afraid (laughs) we've let the idiots uh, run our businesses now. Uh, So we say something like that, but then we don't deliver on the consequences. That's what's wrong with parenting, too. Mm -hmm. We've all seen it. Go out in the the streets and, and hear mama saying, baby, if you do that one more time, you're not going to do this, this, or this. And she lays out the consequences. And then he does it ten more times, and nothing happens. Well, we've taught people that there really aren't any consequences for bad behavior. So I do hold people accountable. And as far as calling people a liar, see, if you say one thing and do another, you're a liar. Yeah, it's true. And, and, and I have no problem saying that to people. And the reason I like to say that to people is because that word is so offensive. Yeah, it If really... you say, well, you didn't really do what you promised, well, that didn't mean anything to them. But if you say you're a liar, that cuts to the core. That's why I like the word. And you know, and they said, I had a guy that promised that he was going to do some cabinets here in my house remodeling. And he said, you will have them by May the 1st. And a week before, I called him and said, I'm just making sure I only bought these because you promised me I'd have them May the 1st. He goes, no, we're not going to be able to make that. It'll be the middle of the month. And I go, no, 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 no. I ordered these two months ago, and your commitment to me was May the 1st. I said I wouldn't even buy them if I couldn't have them by May the 1st. He said, well, it didn't work out. And I said, then you're a liar. He said, well, that's pretty harsh. I said, what's the truth? You said one thing, and you're not going to do it. That means you're a liar. He said, no, it just means that some things have come up. I said, I don't care (laughs) what you want to call it. The fact is, you said one thing and did another. You, sir, are a liar. 
And he said, no one has ever called me a liar. I said, well, nobody's ever had the balls that I do. I don't get it. <laughs> You're a liar. And so I think if all of us started telling people when they have lied, you're a liar, we would stop lying so we because should people it. find that so hurtful. But if we just put up with it, shake our heads, and let them get by with it, in other words, if we don't impose consequences, well, then nothing's ever going to change. Did you get your cabinet? No, I got them on the 15th of the month. Uh, yeah, I know. Actually, when we were doing our remodeling in Jackson Hole, I actually stopped because I just couldn't deal. The amount of lying there, it made it made New York lying. It just took it to a whole new level. So I decided at some point I was either going to fight with everyone out there, I was, or I was just going to leave my hillbilly kitchen because that was the last thing. And I look at my, <laughs> I look at my renovated house out there with my hillbilly kitchen, and I'm like, you know what? That kitchen means I won. I didn't have to do with one more lying contractor. I have my fancy kitchens in New York, and I am damn proud of my hillbilly one out west. There you go. So let me ask you another thing. You get nuts when people are late. And, you know, people get, you know, there's reasons to it. But for me, it means a lot of reasons to it. Like, uh, you can be late for two seconds here or there, but people who are chronically late. it come, For me, it goes back into being an entitled kind of person. Like, you, I'm not important enough for you or someone who cancels at the last second for no emergency. Like, I'm not important enough for you to show up on time or I'm not important enough for you to actually, you know, care about my schedule. Then, you know, who are you? So how do you work around that? Because I know people being entitled, people being late, people pussyfooting around really makes you crazy and gets your gall. So how do you work around that? And is there a way to also judge people before you become the victim of their mm, wimpy behavior? <laughs> uh, well, see, I see you see it as entitlement, and you're exactly right. I see it as, go back to that collapse of core values, I see lateness as a lack of respect. You don't respect me enough. And see, I think that a lack of respect shows up in so many ways. If you cut me off in traffic with your car, it's not because you've got to be someplace any more important than I've got to be there. The point is you don't respect me enough, and you think that you are more, like you said, entitled to the road than I am, so it doesn't bother you to cut me off. It doesn't bother you to cut in front of me in line. It doesn't bother you to be rude or not hold open a door or any of that stuff. So it goes back to entitlement, but it goes even deeper to the core value of respect. As far as how I handle it, I... If it's a friend, and I had some dear friends who just couldn't get to my house on time for dinner, and I'm a hell of a cook. And you know if you're a cook that things have to happen at certain times. And I work hard on my food and my apps and all that. And if I say we're eating at 730, that means I'm eating at 730. doesn't mean eight. It means it's got to happen at that time or it's not going to be as good. So... You know, a few times they were late, and finally I stopped and said, you don't respect me. And they went, what? You're our friend. Well, I might be your friend, but if I was really your friend, you would respect me enough to get here on time. They said, Larry, it's being called, it's called being fashionably late. I said, there, it's rude, and there's nothing fashionable about being rude <clears throat> because you don't respect my time enough to bother to get here when you said you would get here. So here's the deal. If I ever invite you again, which is kind of up for grabs right now, you'll be on time, <laughs> or that will be the end of our friendship. And they 
really didn't know how to take it. And about a month later, I gave them another chance, and they've never <laughs> been late since. <laughs> but yeah, see, I that goes back to communication and imposing consequences. People let people get by with that stuff. And here's the deal. If you let people get by with it, you have endorsed it, you have condoned it. And we don't stop bad behavior until we stop condoning bad behavior. And anything you put up with, you're condoning. No, that that's true. And and I know a lot of times it goes back to as much as, especially with me personally, as I, I may think I have a big mouth, but I will sometimes be like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, you know, not wanting to make the big deal out of it, but mentally writing them off the list, writing them off the list. And the thing about food, because people don't know it, I, I am very lucky. I have tasted Larry Wingett's barbecue. And let me tell you something. <laughs> I would have like I would have licked every finger from the days when I was a vegetarian. That stuff is really <laughs> it is so so good. So when he speaks about cooking, he knows what he's talking about. But I know in New York when we'd have parties, it drives me crazy. Like you'll say holiday party, you know, seven o'clock, and people will start fussing in at nine thirty. And then what happens is the one person who shows up on time, you're stuck in this embarrassed way of this whole buffet of food because I don't dare do sit down with these people whole buffet of food and one person's there and you're like are they going to show up are the other 20 people going to come one of the it's so rude people so it's like it, it just drives me crazy and it is a total New York thing like people just wander in wander out and oh okay 730 so then I guess I'll come at 9 no it's 730 you know come at 745 I, agree. I don't put up with oh. it don't put up with it. So tell me, give me a handful of things that people could walk away with this week, make their life more amazing, and not put up with so they can really get in touch with their core values. Here's the deal. Figure out what you really believe. I mean, believe to the point that no one could talk you out of it. Believe to the point that if I held a gun to your head and say, well, you really believe this, you really believe it. If if people just spent a little time figuring out what was so important to them that they would never compromise on it. We've mentioned a few things. I, I don't compromise on honesty. I don't compromise on integrity. I don't compromise on those things and a whole list of other things. You have the same issues I do. So if people will spend a little time figuring out what they absolutely will want to believe and do believe and will never compromise on, and then stand up for those things. When someone imposes and infringes upon your core values, don't let them buy with it. Do yourself a favor. It is disrespectful to let people buy with mistreating you or going against your core values. So speak up. You're not doing them a favor to let them get by with it. And you're not serving yourself well. I would say put yourself first. And most people, that flies in the face of all that motivational crap saying you got to put others first. Oh, bull. Put yourself first. And you put yourself first in terms of never compromising what's really important to you. That's, that's really important and can't be said enough. Never compromise what's really important to you. You can compromise on a business deal or this or that, but if it's a core value and you've identified that, then don't give up on it. Speak up about it. And, and what I think helps, especially at the beginning for somebody who's not used to this, is just start pushing it a little bit. 
with the people who are close to you. Start in your own family. Shoot, just start with yourself. Saying, I'm not going to put up with lying to myself anymore. If I make a commitment to myself, I'll keep it. When you're dealing with your kids or with your spouse or uh, the people closest to you, your friends, make a statement that says, you know, I've let things slide in the past and I'm not going to do it again. And then let them also hold you accountable to that standard. But set the standard first. Yeah, and that makes it really easy, too. If you set it with yourself, I remember that once we did this exercise, well, who's the most important person? And then the, the, the answer was yourself. And I was sitting next to someone, and she was sobbing, and I started looking around, and all these people started sobbing because they never thought that they were the most important person in their life. Because if you can't stand up for yourself, you can't stand up for any, you know, you got to put your own oxygen mask on first. So that makes it really easy. And also, I think also for people that are a little afraid to take the next step, start it with your family. Your family's not going to disown you. They may say they will, but they're not, you know, your spouse, your kids, they're not, they're, they're there. Start Start standing up for yourself with them. And if you need anything else on this, you know Larry Wingett can talk and talk, but you really want to read. Larry, how many books do you read? That's an interesting point. Like, you've written so many, but how many do you read? Well, in the last 35 years, I've read over 5,000. 5,000 books. 5,000 books. I don't know anybody who's read that many books, so I read a lot. I read um, at least two to three books a week. And uh, the the key to reading that many books is to read for intent. When I pick up a book, I said, okay, what what's the one thing I want to walk away with from this book? And that I read a lot of fiction books, but I read a lot of nonfiction books. But I believe that you got to know in advance that there's going to be one thing I'm going to walk away with, and that allows you to read quickly. It allows you to read with more clarity. And uh, but the point is, you know, my. One of my heroes was Jim Rohn. He said, if we knew better, we would do better. And everybody wants to know how you can be better and do better in life. Well, just pick up a book and read. Somebody else has done whatever you want to do. Take advantage of that. Figure out what they have to say. No, it's so true. And I, I believe also people that walk away from something and they'll say, I didn't get anything out of it. There is nothing that you can't get one thing out of. There is nothing in life. And even with, like people used to say it with stores, oh, I will never go shopping. You can't, you could walk into any horrible store and find one thing. You can read any book and find one tidbit. You could watch any movie and find one thing that's worthwhile in anything in life. So you, I think you just need to keep yourself open that there always is that one nugget to take away from anything or at least have it shift the way you look at things. Yep. So your book's coming out. What day, Larry? Where can we all pick up what's wrong with damn near everything, how the collapse of core values is destroying us and how to fix it? You know, you can pre-order it right now on oh. Amazon or from BarnesandNoble.com. It'll hit all the bookstores on July the 10th. I'm looking for it to be my seventh New York Times Wall Street Journal bestseller. Everybody help me out there. Yeah, Here's lucky the deal. seven. Yeah, here would be the deal, that if you have issues in your life where you know you're not standing up for yourself, where you look around at society and say, how has it gotten this bad? And you want to know why it's gotten this bad and what you can do about it, this is the book for you. Because while we might not agree from a, a political standpoint, from a, a liberal to conservative standpoint, we might not agree on a religious thing or about gay marriage or any number of things, 
We need to all agree on if we could get back to core values, even just the core value of respect mm-hmm. that says, I don't agree with you, I will respectfully disagree with you, though. It's the matter of respect that is having the biggest impact on society right now. Absolutely, and that's one of the things that what I said earlier about you know being a New Yorker and, and having the place out west with cowboys. We don't agree on anything, but we respect each other's opinion. And I think so many people just don't. They're so busy being their own big puffer puffer fish in the small little pond that they've lost respect for anyone else other than themselves. And that's what's wrong. And it doesn't matter if you really do believe in your own unicorns and your own rainbows or eat macaroons in front of a picture of the Eiffel Tower or your Larry Winget. It all comes down to being respectful to other people. So, Mr. Winget, where are people going to find you? <laughs> I'm the easiest guy to find uh, on the Internet. You type in Larry Winget, W-I-N-G-E-T, uh, you can go to LarryWingett.com. You can find me on Facebook, Larry Wingett Fan Page, which you know that's a hoot. I mix it oh, up yeah. with folks on there. And uh, that's a lot of fun. You can follow me on Twitter, at Larry Wingett, uh, LinkedIn. I'm all over social media. I post a lot and uh, interact with people quite a bit. I've got videos and free stuff. And uh, you can go to YouTube and watch lots of different things that I've done and all my news appearances and so forth. So anybody wants to find me, just go to the Internet and type in Larry Wingett. You'll find me. You'll find me. And he's got some really good memes there. And you do those every day, right? You're, you're, yep. uh, yeah, they're really good. I'm very good. consistent. See, I don't make things very hard. I'm just consistent, and I keep it simple, and I keep I have great clarity. And if people just found clarity about what they believe, this goes back to what we were saying, and they became consistent in their messaging, uh, and they stopped trying to make things so damn hard, they would be amazed at how much more successful they would be. And, and that's something we were talking about real fast before we started this, that I, I really want to leave with people. When you're booking someone as a guest, when you want to be a guest, when you want to be a speaker, when you are connecting with another human being for, let's just say, business, make it easy. This is a lesson I have learned from Larry. It's just make it easy. The more successful people out there are usually the easiest ones to work with because they cut away all that other BS. You are just a pleasure. And I know you tell people when people want to book hire you for speaking, you just make it easy. You know, it has nothing to do with how much I charge. It has nothing to do with my style or my brashness or any of those things or how caustic I'm going to be on stage. When it comes to off stage, every meeting planner, every person I've ever done their podcast or radio show or anything, I want them to walk away saying that was the easiest guy we've ever worked with. And that's always our goal, and we get that feedback a lot. And and, and it comes down to, again, respect. I respect their time, and uh, I appreciate the opportunity always. And I'm very thankful and very grateful, but just get over yourself and be yeah. easy to do business with. But my, that's what it comes down to, Sharon. Just get over yourself. Yeah, it's true. It's true. And the, the big fish in the small pond syndrome is the one that makes me crazy. And you just like, get over yourself. You know, just, you're not the only person in this universe. You know, you're not saving lives here. You're just, you're just helping people out, giving them, you know, giving them some wisdom. Yep. Totally so, agree. 
So, Mr. Wingett, what's wrong with damn near everything? How the collapse of core values is destroying us and how to fix it. People, you can pre-order it right now. You can pick it up on July 10th. You can find Larry Wingett all over the Internet. And I am thrilled to have you here. And I, I hope people got something out of this. I know they did, because if they didn't, they weren't listening to you. So <laughs> it's their own listen, fault. <laughs> yeah, it's your own damn fault. So, you know, listen to it again. <laughs> anyway, folks. Thank you, Larry Wingett. Thank you, everyone, for coming in here. And talk to you soon. Do you have any one left? Yeah, a zinger to leave everybody with? Uh, you know, just uh, always find clarity in your life. Stop confusing yourself by making it so hard. Look for clarity. If it starts to feel hard, chances are you're headed the wrong direction. That's <laughs> true. Okay, folks. Thank you, Larry. And talk to everyone soon. See you on the next episode. If you like this, don't forget to share it with your friends and the book, too. But make sure they buy their own copy. Talk to you soon. Take care. That's a wrap. Well, not so fast. We covered a lot of amazing things today. But what's your biggest takeaway from this episode? Hop on over to www.focusonstyle.com to leave a comment and keep the conversation going. While you're there, be sure to subscribe to become a Focus on Style Insider. Not only will you get instant access to the Star Power Flash Kit, curated to help you and your business get out there, but as an insider, you'll also receive exclusive bonuses, amazing content, and access to special events that Sharon only shares by email. Subscribe now at www.focusonstyle.com insiders. It's your time to be the best at being you. So don't forget to subscribe at www.focusonstyle.com insiders. See you on the next episode of the 7 Days to Amazing Podcast with Sharon Haver, where you learn how to make your life, business, and style even more amazing in the next week.